We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in our Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast Edition. I'm your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts uh, all over social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, we're getting super close to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is really important to us. Helps us with the show, continue to grow the show. So uh, if you all do have YouTube and you're listening elsewhere, do go and give us a, a, a <laughs> go and give us a follow, a subscribe on YouTube. It would be greatly appreciated. We have a ton of fun on here. Uh, starting to do more and more live things uh, in regards to our shows that we're doing and, and some hangouts and, and different things of that nature highlights. So be sure to give us a follow on YouTube as well. Super. So uh, before I get any further, we are proud part of Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. And just a really uh, fun, it, it maybe as fun of a loss can be. <laughs> game to break down here as a thunder and the warriors at another classic might be a little little strong but another incredibly fun game um on the nba rivals week it, it wasn't like obviously showcased as like one of the big games that's on nationally television when the the nba came out with the schedule for rivals week and, and tweeted out here a couple days ago but i don't think it's coincidence that the thunder play the warriors today uh, they they play them again a week from today, next Monday, and they play the Rockets twice. Uh, I have to think that's probably on purpose, even if those aren't showcase national televised games. So I think it's safe to say that this is another fun one in the the Warriors Thunder rivalry that has formed uh, ever since the KD Russ days, right? So uh, again, like I said, Thunder ended up dropping this one one twenty eight to one twenty. It was not nearly that close to start the game, but we obviously will get into that. I already see y'all in the chat. Super appreciative, so be sure to continue to drop your comments and questions, and I'll get to those here towards the end of the podcast, so please continue to to do that. And let's just go ahead and dive into it. Before we kind of do a, a game breakdown, uh, I already see some KG, KJ in the in the chat, playoff game rehearsal, and he's not wrong. It definitely had a playoff feel to it, and we'll get into the actual game-by-game breakdown. It was crazy, and at times even hard to keep up with there, especially in the third and fourth quarters. But before we get any further, let's go ahead and do some big takeaways. These are my five big takeaways I wanted to get into tonight. My first one, the Wigan streak comes to an end. 
maybe the saddest of them all. Uh, Wiggins was 8-0 as a starter. <laughs> the Thunder were 8-0 when Wiggins is a starter uh, in the starting lineup. Uh, he was asked about during practice today, you know, kind of had a good laugh about it, but also provided some really good, uh, some really good analysis. <laughs> you know, just basically, uh, I, I just come out and try to play the best that I can and, and try and contribute to wins. Uh, and unfortunately tonight, it did not result in the wins. We'll, we'll kind of get into Wiggins' game. Um, it, it wasn't a super characteristic game from Wiggins that we've become a little more accustomed to. So maybe that had something to do with it, but he still played 22 minutes and, and got the start. So unfortunately, the Thunder are no longer undefeated when Aaron Wiggins starts. The next one, a big J-Will game. Maybe a little bit of a pun intended there. The bigger of the two J-Wills, Arkansas J-Will, Jalen Williams. Great game from him. Probably his best NBA game uh, of his young rookie career. But he played great and provided a great spark from the bench. And or, yeah, from the bench, and it wasn't just me either. There was some pretty good quotes from both him and Dignall. I think they kind of show that. My third, a tell of two halves. Honestly, it was more like a tell of three quarters and, and one quarter, but a tell of two halves sounds better. And it really was two halves. I mean, I think ultimately the Thunder played better in the third and fourth, but they started to get together in the second quarter as well, which we'll get into. Shea, Dub, Giddy continue to shine, continue to contribute. We'll get into them. It, it was kind of weird games from each of them, um, but I thought each of them. Played well. Uh, also, sorry, had something pop up there. Also, uh, no Lou. Obviously, no Chet. Those are two guys just quick here. It's not really a big takeaway necessarily that I had, but random thoughts that I had. The Thunder really missed Lou Dort's uh, point, point of penetration defense, uh, especially against guys like Steph and Clay. And the Thunder really could have used a guy. We've said this all season, but a player like Chet tonight, uh, especially when the the defense is rotating. Steph, you know, dishes a he's getting doubled, or even when he's not getting doubled. And you have, I think it was Jacob who was talking about this in our Slack. You have uh, the defender trying to get, the Thunder defender trying to get around a screen, prevent Steph from hitting or trying to shoot the three point shot. He dishes down to Draymond, which uh, on the roll, which causes another Thunder defender having to come over and help. That leaves a wide open shooter shooter in the corner, often Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson, which. Against the when you're playing the Warriors, often leads to an automatic three point shot, especially when it's wide open like that from the corner. So, uh, having a, a defender, point of attack defender like Lou, who's so great getting around those screens, would have been tremendous tonight, as well as a help side defender like Chet, who can come over, help rotate, even uh, guard in the perimeter. And I say that not in a bad way, like, man, if we had Lou and Chet, we would have won tonight. Not necessarily. It's just. It's really fun, exciting to think about how this team was able to respond tonight, which, like I said, we'll, we'll get into, um, and what can be when this team is fully healthy, especially if we're getting closer, closer to the trade deadline. Will the Thunder be buyers? Should they be buyers? Well, maybe not. Maybe they just need to get healthy, and, and we've talked a little bit about that here at the Uncontested as well. So those are kind of my big takeaways. Let's go ahead and get into the game-by-game -game breakdown. Pre-game notes. Thunder got a nice two-day break at home between the Cavs game on Friday, which again was a, an awesome game, and tonight's game. Uh, Giddy took advantage uh, of, of the little break there, had a very busy weekend. He was seen at the OU-Alabama game in Norman for the, the SEC Big 12 matchup there in Norman, and then uh, I got to see OU just dominate Bama by 30, I believe. And then Sunday, the AOC Championship game, watching and cheering on my Chiefs with his good friend and, and teammate and fellow uh, Kansas City Chiefs fan, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, which is kind of fun because if you all remember, there was a, some sort of article there in the preseason where Giddy actually talked about studying quarterbacks, like Mahomes specifically, and how he can kind of pick up on things that he can utilize in, in his game, his style of play when it comes to making reads uh, on the basketball court and, and 
you know, basically placing the ball exactly where his teammates need them to be. So it's kind of cool that he went with, with J-Rob and, um, and, and got to watch the Chiefs. Got to watch my Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl. Also, it looks like Bezos there too with some of the clutch guys. Kind of interesting. Um, like I said, no Lou Dort still out with nursing that hamstring strain. Uh, Dignall, I don't know. I, I just saw this on Twitter. It seemed like maybe he was referring more to like not close as in he couldn't play tonight, but maybe not as far as way uh, far away as that that quote of his made it sound. But he said something about like Lou not being close. I think he meant specifically like he wasn't ready to go tonight. Um, regardless, something to, to keep an eye on. We'll see when Lou comes back. Hopefully, it's before the All Star break. I would assume so. We'll just have to keep an eye on it. And then obviously, no Poku still. Poku was on crutches today at practice, which I hadn't seen. I don't want to like cause any you know panic or anything if he has been on crutches the whole time. I just haven't noticed, but that was interesting. And then finally, speaking of practice, I think it was either practice or pregame today that Daniel maybe had the first uh, fairly optimistic quote in regards to JRE's improvement with his injury uh, that we've had since he's been injured. So hopefully that means JRE is coming back. So something to keep an eye on obviously would be huge for this team as well. I didn't mention him there at the top with Chet and Lou, but having a a defender there, uh, a switchable big like JRE, even though he's not even all that big, I think would have been uh, pretty critical for this team tonight also. The starters for tonight, Shea, Wiggins, J-Dub, Giddy, and Kenrich. And in the second half, they actually got switched around with J-Will getting, getting the nod there, which is pretty cool. In the first quarter, like I said, was just ugly. Ugly all around. I don't even have like specific notes here for the first quarter, but a lot of missed shots by the Thunder. Wide open shots that they missed. Uh, layups, uncharacteristic of them, uh, that they missed. Uh, on the other end, like I said, they weren't rotating. They are leading, uh, leading shooters wide open which didn't help because the Thunder were, or the Warriors were making threes anyways, even when they were closely guarded. So uh, that was unfortunate. This is kind of cool. Uh, sorry, I, I think I mentioned this earlier uh, here a couple weeks ago, or maybe I just mentioned it to guys on the podcast. Anyways, I got, got a tax, <laughs> can't talk, a text from my dad, uh, one of his really good friends growing up, His uh, him and his, his boys, his sons. Uh, one of them grew up playing basketball with J-Dub. And he got to my my dad's friend got to coach him in AAU, and he was there at the game getting to watch J Dub and, and got to go on the court after and, and catch up with him. And so my dad just sent me a picture. Quick aside, kind of cool, fun little note. Uh, again, J Dub's just an awesome guy, and uh, my dad's friend has nothing but incredible things to say about him, even before we even know who J Dub essentially was as a person, um, which just says a lot about J Dub and his character. So quick aside there. Anyways, first quarter was not very fun. Thunder find themselves down by twenty one, I believe, at that point. Maybe that wasn't until the second quarter. Uh, regardless, they lost the quarter by 18 points, which proved to be just a little too much to dig out of. Second quarter, Mark plays Giddy, uh, Oos, Kenrich, Treyman, Baisley. Uh, as we've seen the past couple of games and as we saw early on in Usman's career before his injury, Oos would typically kind of get some of those minutes there in the first uh, in the second quarters in the first half. And then a lot of the time doesn't see the floor in the second half. Just kind of a way to get him some NBA minutes, which is good. Uh, hopefully we'll see him kind of get back to form like he was pre-injury and maybe even a little more time again with the blue to kind of build that confidence back up and get that respect up uh, into tip top shape. Cause I noticed it was still taped. Jay will comes in for Kenrich. I mentioned that because he was just a, again, a huge boost off the bench in that second quarter, which led to him starting the third quarter. Uh, I thought Trey Mann made a couple of shots, but on ultimately he struggled pretty significantly defensively there. And uh, not that anybody else <laughs> necessarily was thriving, but uh, definitely led to like Dante DiVincenzo. I can't, talk um not playing well or that took some open shots for Dante there in the second quarter uh, obviously he was on guys like stuff at times just felt like he wasn't putting forth the 
best effort there uh, on the defensive end of the floor. And, and it kind of showed when I ultimately Mark subbed him out and was going with Isaiah Joe in some of those lineups. J-Dub comes in, I think for Trey at that point, provided a really desperately needed spark in the second quarter, but okay, he still trailed the Warriors 50 to 34 with about five minutes ago in the half. The Warriors were shooting 10 to 20 from three at that point. The Thunder only two of eight. Just to put that into perspective, they had taken less threes, attempted less threes than the Warriors had made. Uh, only 14 of 38 from the floor overall for the Thunder. So again, not very good. Uh, Shea Baisley, Isaiah Joe, J-Dub, J-Will lineup after the timeout with about five minutes left. Shea Court scored six straight for OKC, but the Thunder just really can't stop Steph and the Warriors. It's kind of what it came down to. They had uh, a little bit of an answer there in the second quarter, which is better than the first, but they couldn't get the stops, especially from Steph and Clay. And at the half, the Thunder were down 63 to 48. Um, honestly, it was kind of crazy. They were down 15 points. I mentioned Jacob earlier in the podcast. I thought he tweeted out something uh, pretty spot on. The Thunder are incredibly lucky to be only down by 15. They were outscored by 24 three-point line, outshot from the field by 9%, lost the rebound battle by 8, out-assisted by 11, and only two more free-throw attempts while taking 13 more shots within uh, 13 more attempts inside the arc than the Warriors. So again, basically just getting beat on all ends of the, or both ends of the floor and in all uh, important stats. And that showed again, a little better in the second, but really kind of turned the corner uh, there in the third quarter. And weirdly enough, not until later in the third, about halfway through the third quarter, I mentioned Jay will got the start for Wiggins. Uh, just a lot of the same for OKC to start the third turnovers and ability to get any stops. The comeback kids. I think I tweeted this out. had had some uh, pretty crazy comebacks. We call them, you know, we had the Goonies merch that, that Justin dropped. Uh, on Friday, but this lead seemed a little bit insurmountable and it, that proved to be correct, but man, they got close a couple of times. And this is where it really starts to, to kind of turn for the thunder. They finally string together some stops and shake gets it going. Uh, Draymond got poked in the eye by just this crazy invisible uh, basketball player, the the invisible six man for OKC uh, on the court. <laughs> I don't know a typical Draymond fashion. He flops. It doesn't look like he's hit at all. Not, they even reviewed it for a flagrant. There's nothing there. Uh, so Dub hits two free throws to cut it to 11, regardless of Draymond's typical antics, especially when he's playing OKC for whatever reason. Shea gets a huge and one after a big step three, then has just this ridiculous help side block where he's he's on the, the he's guarding a or kind of shadowing uh, an offensive player, a Warriors player in the corner. He comes over from the help side, uh, is able to is blocks Kavon Looney, which was huge, was a huge sequence. Just heck of a play by Shea. Trey Mann comes back in. He's kind of been out here for a while. And it comes in a couple of positions later, pulls up from three on the right wing and cuts it to nine. It was not expecting that shot, much less for it to go in. So that was great. It's kind of some of the, the Trey we've been wanting to see, more a little more aggressive. So that was great. Uh, Shea gets an A and one to cut to nine again with 18-ish seconds left in the third. And then just an insane sequence. Steph drills uh, a deep three with the shot clock run, running down. I think there's like 12-ish seconds left. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, Shea gets the ball, pushes it in transition. With the, the third quarter coming to an end, Muskie, he, he finds Muskie for a wide open three. Muskie drills it, starts talking some trash. Warriors led 94 to 85 after three. Incredibly fun. Uh, fun way to end the third quarter and really gave the Thunder some momentum heading into the fourth, which they rode. This was interesting. This was an interesting wrinkle, just like Jay Will starting the third quarter instead of Wiggins. Shea starts the fourth quarter after playing the whole third. What we've been seeing the entire season, Shea, basically the entire season, is Shea plays the entire third quarter, sits, Giddy comes back in, J-Dub comes in. Typically, they play without Shea, and Shea comes back in with about six, sometimes seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Tonight, he started the fourth. Now, granted, 
uh, he still got some rest in the fourth quarter. He didn't play like the entire second half, but I think that just shows you a, the Thunder had momentum heading into the, the fourth and B Thunder really wanted to win this game. And Shea was playing really well. Excuse me. So Joe drains a three to cut it to eight. A step back three from Shea cuts it to five and things are getting really interesting. Uh, Draymond comes back in from his imaginary poke in the eye and gets a bucket to extend the lead again. Uh, I I thought really good stat here from Gallo. This is actually what I was looking for uh, when I was putting my notes together and I had it in my game notes, of course, and and not uh, where I wanted them. Anyways, seven made three by the Thunder's bench tonight who comes in averaging a league best six makes from behind the arc, which is pretty, pretty incredible. OKC now has a league leading 300 made threes off the bench this season. So that just shows you the bench's impact, which I'm going to get into here uh, in a little bit. Jay Will had a great stretch. Again, he hits the ball in the high post, finds a cutting Isaiah Joe from the top of the key for a dunk. In the very next possession, the Warriors try to double him uh, and get a jump ball. And he is somehow, Jay Will is able to fight through that by being super aggressive. And <laughs> I mean, he, he stayed strong, was able to dribble out of it got fouled and that led to uh, another possession for OKC in which J-Dub hits a, I believe this was the, that this very next possession. Uh, J-Dub gets a gigantic step back three because the Warriors lead 100 to 98 with eight eleven to go. That's just a, a perfect example kind of, of the, the impact that J-Will was able to have on the court tonight for OKC and, and how he played. A lot of craziness happens in between, but essentially the Thunder struggle a bit. Clay hits a big three. Giddy turns the ball over twice. Poole scored two points somewhere in there. Uh, Dub had a big layup over the second after the second Giddy turnover, which basically kept the Thunder alive, even when we thought maybe there wasn't much hope left. Thunder find themselves down 107 to 103 with 526 to go. Shake's coming back in after a timeout. So Shake comes in for Joe, which was, I, I mentioned that because I, I Giddy was struggling there. And I thought for sure that Shea was going to be coming in for Giddy. And it wasn't. Um, Shea, J-Dub, and Giddy all played together with Lou Dort being out to, to close the game and ended up pr- uh, proving to be pretty critical and, and, and a great decision by Mark yet again. Uh, there was an absurd pass from Shea to J-Dub, a missed shot by OKC, leads to a, a, a pool drilling a three. Let's see. Uh, Kenrich gets a steal, but Giddy is contested by Green. And I really think Giddy probably should have hit that layup. Uh, he could have. I also think Shea could have just held on to it, and that would have just completely changed the, the tie of the game there with about 230 to go. But unfortunately, they missed the layup, leads to a wide-open Curry three, eight-point game with about 230 to go. And then basically they just go back and forth. Um, there was a Shea dunk, a Clay dunk, a, a Clay three, a Giddy three, a lot of back and forth. But ultimately, story of the game, the Thunder couldn't get the stops that they need. Um, J-Dub had a really nice play there, his last bucket of the game. I believe the Thunder's last bucket of the game. J-Dub goes, uh, is able to, you know, in typical fashion, drive to the rim, uh, lays the the ball off the gla- high off the glass, makes the layup, and then he didn't really – fall on anybody but just the way he landed on his ankle and as he was kind of like running um out of bounds like behind the basket after making his shot seemed to tweak his ankle he actually untied his shoe so i thought maybe he like tripped on a shoelace or something but i think he actually untied the shoe and then motioned for somebody to come in and and isaiah joe came in for him so hopefully it's nothing serious um he wasn't limping on it super bad as he was walking to the bench and stuff, but it certainly was getting looked at and he didn't come back in the game, even though there's only less than a minute left at that point, just something to monitor, especially with the thunder. Like I mentioned low on bodies in general right now with the injuries kind of starting to pile up. Um, so hopefully J-Dub's okay. It's nothing serious. The thunder have another two day break here before they play the the rockets, which we'll get into. Um, so hopefully J-Dub can use that time to, to heal up a little bit and uh, is able, is ready to go here in a couple nights, but regardless, something to keep an eye on. So anyways, like I said, I <laughs> that maybe sounded like a mess, but honestly, this game was kind of a mess. A, a lot of back and forth, uh, especially there in the third and fourth quarters. 
ended up being an extremely fun game during the first quarter and even into the second. I'm like, oh no, uh, this isn't going to be a super fun one to cover, but ended up being an incredibly fun game to cover. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And so I think it's a good time to go ahead and just jump into some of these big takeaways. Sometimes I like to do positives and negatives or stock up, stock down or whatever it may be. But honestly, for this one, I think it's best just to kind of go through them all because I think they kind of summarize the game uh, and really it's kind of just the takeaways from how the Thunder played tonight. Uh, The first one, I mentioned Wiggins at the top of the podcast. The streak comes to an end. Very, very fun streak of the Thunder being undefeated when Wiggins starts is no more as the Thunder are now eight and one. Uh, when when Wiggins starts, and I mentioned this, you know, I, I just Wiggins just kind of had a, a an off game maybe for him, um, just not a lot of opportunity, and the limited opportunity he did get just didn't really do a whole lot with. Uh, he played really good defensively per usual, played sound defense, and that was much needed, especially with Lou Dort out, but not enough that it got him in like closing minutes, for example, um, to go against Clay or stuff. Like he wasn't doing anything that necessarily shut them down or stopped them from from being so hot from outside. Um, he played 22 minutes, but only shot the ball twice, and his one make was from three. So again, solid defense, but just kind of a weird Wiggins game. And maybe that led to the the crazy stat of the Thunder being undefeated when he starts. Uh, maybe that was part of it, because we didn't necessarily get the best Wiggins game tonight. Not in a bad way, but it's just worth noting. Uh, and also, I want to be able to mention that the, the streak is no longer alive, unfortunately. So we'll see the next time he starts if he can uh, start a new streak. But for now, Thunder 8-1 when Wiggins starts. Big J-Will game. Dagnall uh, had a really good quote that I think kind of is a good way to kick off this 
this big takeaway. He said he didn't like how the game felt, uh, the game, game plan-wise and energy-wise, so he went, went with J-Will there in the second quarter. Uh, he didn't anticipate playing him much, but J-Will, quote-unquote, lit the fire. <laughs> and so just reading off his stat line here, 12 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 of 9 from the 4, 2 of 3 from 3, which is huge, especially uh, you know, if we can have a stretch big like that, knocking down shots, especially off the bench, it's huge for this team. Mascal has kind of struggled recently. Uh, I mean, he had that obviously that big play there to end the third quarter, but overall, uh, and some of it's not his fault. He's not getting a ton of consistent minutes. It's in order for guys like Jay Will to be able to provide a spark or Usman Jane to get minutes, uh, some developmental minutes there. But when Mascala especially is struggling, again, maybe a little aggressive of a term there. With him not playing his typical self, <laughs> Jay Will being able to come in and play like he did and, and knocking down threes from outside, like that's pretty huge for this team. Um, also, we all know about, you know, plus minus in the box score. But I thought tonight, Really kind of encapsulated how well J-Will played. Uh, J-Will was a plus high, a game high plus 27 in only 17 minutes. And again, just kind of shows the impact that he had. Uh, I think Giddy mentioned him post-game. Uh, J-Will mentioned, you know, getting in, just trying to provide that energy. He's very vocal. You see him clapping. You see him diving on the floor. You see him banging the floor. You see him yelling. Uh, he says it doesn't matter if he's playing with the blue or the thunder. He wants to be sure that he's, he's you know, getting these guys pumped up and bringing that energy. And that's exactly what he did. Um, also mentioned his ability to facilitate, especially from the high post. That's something coming into the draft. That was kind of one of his strengths that and always the charges taken uh, that I remember uh, re reading and listening about. And we're starting to see that and starting to see how that fits with the current iteration of the Thunder. And that's been pretty big. Uh, for example, tonight, that's kind of highlighted by that that play there in the fourth quarter where he gets the ball on the like the right wing, kind of top right of the high post. And then Isaiah Joe loops back around to the top of the key, cuts down the middle of the lane for a wide open dunk. Uh, we see Jay Wilt draw two defenders and then threads a beautiful pass to Isaiah Joe uh, there for that dunk. And then we saw that again two games ago against Cleveland. Uh, sorry, some of these games are playing together, but it was two games ago against Cleveland where a very, very similar play, except it was J-Dub who cut uh, baseline uh, or cut off the wing. Another beautiful pass. And the high post from, from Jay Will leads to a J-Dub monster dunk there against Cleveland. So, again, those are just kind of two examples that stick out, but he's facilitating really well, which leads to him getting more and more of these minutes. And obviously, the dirty work is what we call it, right? Diving for the loose balls, uh, you know, going after guys. I thought he played really well against uh, defensively against Draymond. He's not very good at defending and switching uh, onto smaller defenders. He obviously, he usually is in drop coverage compared to defending on the perimeter. But overall, I thought he did pretty well defensively, especially against Draymond uh, when the Thunder small ball wasn't really working against the Warriors small ball. And so just a, a big shout out to Jay Will, who's actually my player of the game tonight. But he had a really good game, probably his best game of his young NBA career. Next takeaway, a tale of two halves. Uh, Amen here says, Jesus Christ, I don't think I can handle another injury. I feel you. Also, Amen says, shout out Jacob, Big Willie. Jacob will be glad to hear that. Know that the nickname is sticking. Uh, Big Willie. That's right. Big J Will. So a tell of two halves. My next takeaway here. First half, the Thunder shot 4 12 from 3, or 33%. To the Warriors 12 of 25, 48%. The second half, the Thunder shot 7 of 12 from 3, 58%. To the Warriors 8 of 22, 36%. Obviously, some of that was due to just the Warriors cooling off in general after being extremely hot to start the the game. Um, but a lot of that can be contributed to the improved defense. 
and the Thunder finding shooters and, and finding guys able to knock down those shots as well. They also finished around the rim much better in the second half. Um, like I mentioned, they're outscored by 24 at the three-point line, outshot 9% from the field, um, only two more free throw attempts, even though they had 13 more shots inside the arc. A lot of that was corrected in the second quarter, or sorry, the second half, uh, largely led by Shea. Also guys like J-Dub and even Giddy. Sorry to finish a little better there up until the, <laughs> the end of the fourth quarter for Giddy. Uh, still thought he had a good game. OKC won the second quarter by three, the third quarter by six, and the fourth quarter by one. But the 18-point deficit in the first, like I mentioned, proved to be a little too much. And that was largely due to the four defense rotations that I mentioned and the open threes from the Warriors. I mean, that's just kind of the story of the game. Uh, plus poor shooting and missed layups by OKC. So I think they really improved on that in the second quarter. Uh, Mark, again, another great Markism. Uh, another great quote from Mark there that I think kind of encapsulates all of this. He said, I thought there was a little bit of a boogeyman in the first quarter. But once we opened the closet and realized there was no one there, we started playing, which is kind of funny to uh, compare the Warriors to Boogeyman. But there we go. I, I thought it's a pretty good analogy, the way he put it, and makes a lot of sense. The Thunder seemed, definitely seemed a little intimidated coming out of the gate, especially when you see guys like Steph and Clay doing what they do best, knocking down threes, whether, whether they're contested or not. Um, but that's what's so impressive about this team, being able to withstand those runs, even from veteran groups like this Warriors team and still be able to come back and respond like they did is incredibly impressive. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, then one more quote from Mark. The first quarter was the opposite of the game plan, uh, which I think he obviously meant a little sarcastic there because, duh, uh, said the good news is that they played well and course corrected nicely, and now we have to iron that out for 48 minutes. And he brings up a really good point. He says, we played them three more times. So try to remember which team it was. might have been the Timberwolves. Timberwolves or Blazers, one of those teams that felt like we played them so much there to begin the, the um, begin the season, and we don't play them again in the second half of the season. Well, the Warriors were the opposite, where we didn't see them at all. Now we play them all four times here in this latter part of the season. So good point by Mark. It's going to be really fun to see how the Thunder adjust and how they play them just a week from now. Uh, although this time it'll be on the West Coast, back in the Bay. So be interesting to, to follow and, and see how they respond. Hopefully they're a little healthier than they were tonight. And again, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it it turns out. And then let's see. The Thunder bench provided spark. It's really interesting. I kind of dug into this a little more after seeing the Thunder bench perform well tonight. It feels like they've been playing pretty well as a whole this season. So I looked into it a little bit. Now, obviously, tonight the Thunder had thirty nine bench points to the Warriors twenty five. Uh, the Thunder's rotation is longer compared to most typical teams. I think the Warriors just played eight. Uh, Mark went to 10 or 11 again, like he has been. The Thunder bench has the third best net rating in the league at plus two behind only the Suns and, and the Clippers, or sorry, the Suns and the Cavs per NBA stats. They're seventh in points per game at 37.6. And that stat I mentioned here earlier in the podcast from Nick Gallo of the Thunder. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, of course, great podcasting. Uh, I can't find it. Anyways, essentially they, they lead the league and makes and three point makes and have been shooting really well from three. That's really huge, uh, huge for a team like the Thunder, especially when they rely so heavily on Shea. Like, and the other thing too, is there's definitely some consistency in that bench unit that contribute to those crazy bench stats. Like Isaiah Joe, for example, and how well is he, how well he's played Mike Muscala. Typically he hasn't really started much. Um, he's had some good games. Kendrick Williams, when he's coming off the bench, he's been starting more recently due to injuries over the past month or so. Um, but when he's coming off the bench, that contributes to those stats. But regardless, it feels like it's different guys stepping up each, each game. For example, Jay Will tonight, 
Um, sometimes it's Aaron Wiggins off the bench. You know, like I mentioned, Isaiah Joe, Trey Mann's had some good games mixed in there as he kind of tries to to shake off the rust. We saw Usman Jane kind of get it together there before his wrist injury. So there's a lot of, of, of excitement. That's not just one specific Thunder player. Um, you can kind of go through these different options, see who has it going that night, who doesn't, who fits the scheme that night, who doesn't. I think that's a huge strength for this Thunder team, not just this season, but even just moving forward in general and kind of shows that style of play, the versatility, the plug and play ability uh, that that Dignall has with some of these guys. Uh, and like I said, this is really huge for the minutes that Shea is out, especially the last stretch of the games, that this, this last stretch that OKC has had, where so much is you know, relying on Shea and his scoring. And so and when the Thunder are going on runs like they have or maintaining leads like they have in the third quarters, largely led by Shea, for him to sit and then to be able to play J-Dub. I didn't look at the lineup stats, but J-Dub, Giddy, uh, leading that unit uh, with whoever really has it going off the bench that night, being able to win those minutes or at least keep the Thunder afloat like they were tonight when Shea's sitting and getting a little bit of rest, bring him back in, down the stretch. I mean, that's huge. Uh, that's something you see a lot with playoff teams like the Bucks with Giannis. Um, the Suns with sometimes with Chris Paul, but mainly with Devin Booker. Like I'm trying to think of, of different teams. You, you see this a lot with their stars, um, and and really later on to the season into the playoffs, the Thunder are trying to kind of find that and to be able to have that so early. Uh, the consideration of the Thunder and, and for a player like Shea, I think it's really really important and, and something I want to point out. Another Dignall quote that kind of encaps- encapsulates this: I think it sends a bad message to the team if every time you get into trouble, you send Shea back in. Uh, he said that that signals a, a lack of trust, which he doesn't have in this team. He trusts his team uh, completely. And he said, if we are going to be a good team, isn't just writing one guy at the end, which I thought was really important and a really great point and kind of shows uh, just how great the Thunder bench have been and the confidence that Dignant, the coaching staff, and, and the organization as a whole have in this bench. And my final takeaway, Shea, Dub, Giddy, continue to shine. I'll go a little quicker on this since I'm already at 30 minutes here, but um j-dub had 19 points on eight of 14 from the four one of three he is really really finding his stride we've talked so much about him uh, over the the past couple of podcasts in our post games and our group podcast from sunday night but man i mean he just looks like a veteran out there some of the plays he's making even down the stretch against a veteran defending champion team like the warriors it's just really really impressive and it's just so exciting uh, to see the the leaps and the confidence uh, that he has it just seems so sustainable i think it's the most exciting part and there's still aspects of his game that he can add, add on to and improve that which is just really fun uh, it's going going to be fun to keep an eye on just the rest of the season but also into the off season next uh, next season as well hopefully that ankle's okay we'll keep an eye on it let's see giddy 21 points eight rebounds six to six nine of 18 from the floor he had three stills which is pretty huge giddy just continues to play really aggressive Still didn't feel like it was his best game. He had a huge three there down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Uh, Nine of 18 from the floor is extremely efficient, but just some of the shots that he either took or those that he missed that he should have made were a little frustrating. But like, again, when he's playing at that level, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to take some of the bad with the good. I think Giddy's still kind of going through some, some growing pains. We're seeing him kind of like a, like Dave not mentioned with the team, ironing out some of those mistakes. Giddy's starting to do that. And he's just continuing to really improve. So when he really, Gets it, <laughs> puts it all together around the same time that he's getting guys like Chet to be able to help contribute and, and open the floor, space the floor more for him next season. I think we're just going to see him continue to grow as a player. And the fact that him and Shea are able to, and, and J-Dub even, or any two of the three, all three of them together, the fact that they're able to play so well together and have been playing so well together during this stretch in January. I think that's an underrated um, aspect of why the Thunder have been playing so well. 
through the month of January that we haven't really talked about. We talk about these guys individually, but these three playing so well together has been a big part of that. And it's a large re- reason why, you know, this, this Thunder small ball, so I can't talk small ball has worked all the way up through uh, really tonight when it didn't work so well against the Warriors. So all that to say, I thought Giddy played fine. Uh, maybe not one of his better games, but still impacted the game at a very high level. And then obviously superstar, superstar Shay. Uh, doing superstar things. This is maybe looking at it in blue or blue and orange colored glasses, <laughs> typical Thunder fandom. Um, but when Shea has 31 points and you think it's an off night, 10 and 24 from the floor, shot some pretty ill-advised shots there in the first quarter, in the first half, a little uncharacteristic of him. He was trying to push it maybe a little too much uh, there when he's playing against a team like the Warriors. You could tell he really wanted to get it going. He still was able to there in the third quarter, completely took over the game. Looks like the best player on the floor for a certain stretch of the game there in the third and still ends with 31 points, four rebounds, seven assists, 10 to 10 from the free throw line, which is a huge number uh, and just has kind of led to his his rise into superstardom here this past season, seeing those numbers improve both in attempts and in makes. Um, and then he also had three blocks, two of them just monster blocks. I mean, that's insane. Shay, gosh, I can't remember the stat now. I want to say he's leading all guards in the league right now in blocks. And then... He also is second now, uh, and still second, I guess, but behind only Luca in thirty plus game or thirty point games, thirty plus point games this season. So another incredible game from Shea, Shea, Giddy, Jay, Will, pretty fun big three. <laughs> you throw in Lou in there, um, you you know Isaiah Joe shooting. Obviously, we're gonna get Chet back next season. Uh, Usman Jane continuing to develop. There's a lot to be excited about, uh, but there seems to be kind of a core big quote unquote big three uh, forming here, and it'll be exciting to see how they play and continue to play together down the stretch of the season after the all-star break. So I think that's all I have from a uh, big takeaway wise. I mentioned my player of the game, Jay will shout out Jay will had a huge impact off the bench and it's great to see. I hope he continues to ride that confidence and uh, just continues to grow uh, here. Like I said, down the stretch of the season, let's go ahead and jump to some of these comments and questions in the chat and we'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh, KJ says, let's get this party started playoff game rehearsal and KJ, honestly it did, especially there in the second half certainly felt like there was some playoff intensity um just some playoff vibes to this game just like the Cavs game just like the Hawks game Thunder playing some really competitive uh, basketball games and it's fun that a lot of them have been here in the Paycom so uh, yeah definitely some some playoff vibes hustle on D Thunder up hand purple blue oh I think he was trying to do emojis and they did not come through it's kind of funny uh Carrie our guy Carrie says Jay will play very well tonight I wonder what Steph and Clay's three-point field goal percentage is at the Paycom. I felt that too. I definitely felt that too. And was thinking that as well. They just seemed to light it up, both of them, and both of them together. Um, obviously, like playing at the Paycom. Kerry also said, I swear, those two are always on fire in OKC, probably more PTSD than anything. Yeah, we're maybe a little more sensitive to it, Kerry, but I think there's something definitely to be said about that. Uh, it'd be fun to kind of look into and see ever since that Game 6 Clay. Um the half court buzzer beater stuff, like how they've been shooting since the 2000 and what would it be like 2015 season? Um, so yeah, see Amen. seeing Steph and Clay hit threes and OKC will always be PTSD. Wiggins first loss as a starter, uh, came versus the other Wiggins. It's a good point. Uh, all NBA thunder killer first team, Andrew Wiggins, although he did not really kill the thunder tonight, surprisingly enough, but yeah, we've seen Wiggins have some pretty crazy performances and, the Paycom, uh, previously Chesapeake Arena as well. Let's see. Kerry said, thoughts on Getty's comment. There was a lot of Golden State fans there tonight, which fills up the seats. I'll get into that, Kerry. I'm going to end with something. 
with about that. Amen. I said after the Hawks game, the offense in the fourth needed Shea earlier than his usual sub in with six minutes left. It was nice to see Shea earlier in the fourth. Hope to see it more in competitive games. I agree with you, Amen. I love that wrinkle for those really competitive games, especially on a game like tonight where you had two games in between. Then they're going to have another two games off in between or another two nights off in between games. Um, yeah, it's okay to give Shea a little more burn there or just distribute his minutes differently. Let's see. <laughs> Carrie said more like three Willie for J will instead of big Willie. I like that for sure. That was a, a huge boost off the bench. Like I talked about, uh, Eamon said that was the wolves. Thank you, Eamon. It was the wolves that we played four times and it felt like we were playing them so much there in the first part of the season, but now we don't see them again. Uh, and on the flip side, we get the warriors four times to end the season. And, uh, Eamon said, Mark's boogeyman quote gives dad energy market dad not. I love it. A good pun there to go with all of Mark's dad isms and, and puns. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. So like I mentioned, like Kerry mentioned, um, he mentioned the comments that, well, let's see, uh, the comments that Giddy had about there being a lot of shade jerseys. I'm trying to find where I wrote, the, or I wrote, typed this in somewhere and I can't find it in my notes because of course I can't. But essentially, I think the biggest thing was that the way that the Thunder were able to, my biggest takeaway from tonight, that the Thunder were able to respond without Lou without JRE, without Chet, got down by 21 against the mainly healthy defending champs who are fighting hard right now for a play-in spot slash playoff seating of their own, right? Uh, they're right there in the mix with everybody else like us, surprisingly enough. They obviously would like to get uh, more favorable seating, seating for playoffs and just making the playoffs, much less you know trying to get home court advantage at this point. And the Thunder still found a way to fight back, not once, but multiple times. You know, I think there was... Three different times the Thunder got it down to one. Multiple times they got to within nine, within five points. Uh, and it's just a huge sign of growth from these guys and how they're starting to declare themselves. Uh, to use the prestigeism there, we really are starting to see it. And I thought this was maybe one of the more impressive, even though they didn't win the game, being able to come back from 21 uh, after losing the first quarter by 18 points against the caliber of the team that we just discussed. A lot to be excited about. And that leads me to Giddy's comment. He mentioned all the Steph and Warriors fans out there and Giddy's been very supportive of, of Thunder fans and um, even mentioned was one of the first to mention I believe on Friday like how loud that arena was uh, I've mentioned to y'all in the past that my neighbor works for the Thunder um, I won't give his specific title I guess just in case he doesn't want me to um, but we'll put it this way he's high up and uh, and he's in charge or he he works within like the entertainment division um, so game day prep uh, the events uh, you know Thunder drummers dancers rumble you name it um, he works in kind of coordinating all of that. And he said Friday night was definitely one of the best games of the, the season in terms of the crowd and uh, the excitement. And uh, like a lot of people have said, it kind of reminds, reminded him of the old, the, the old Chesapeake, the old peak, right? The, the old Thunder days. Um, so obviously with the Warriors and with LeBron, with the Celtics even, you're going to see a lot of national fans come to these games, even in Oklahoma City. But with this team playing the way that they are, and for Giddy, even to notice uh, some of the cheers for a player like Steph, it's a little disappointing. And look, I'm like, I don't mean to like preach to the choir here uh, or even be, you know, a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyways, I haven't been to my fair share of Thunder games. I'm struggling to be there <laughs> and supporting this team as much as I would like to, especially having a little one. But if you can, be sure to get out there, support this team. Let's fill those stands because like I mentioned on Sunday's podcast, it's not going to be much longer until these guys are really uh really competing and contending again. You want to be there for it on the ground floor like this season, uh, seeing these guys compete night in and night out, doing what they're doing. Uh, like I just mentioned, 
the 21 point comeback tonight. Uh, a lot of those games have been, have turned out to be wins this season. So this is a super fun team. They need our support. And I sure as hell don't want to see Steph Curry jerseys and, and, and Warriors fans uh, out there in the stands. Let's, let's take all those seats. That way those, those opportunities aren't out there. So yeah, that's, that's my little rant, I guess, to end the podcast. Appreciate y'all sticking with me for a little bit of a longer one tonight uh, for a very fun, crazy game, even though it ended up in a loss. Coming up, Wednesday night, Thunder are at the Rockets. So they only have one night off, excuse me. It's the the next game that they have the two-night break again, like they did here a couple of days, uh, the past couple of days. So Wednesday, Thunder at Rockets. They go to Houston. They come back to OKC, have two days in OKC before they play the uh, Rockets again Saturday at Paycom which will be a fun one. Be sure to go and pack it out for uh, Saturday night. It'll be a lot of fun down there in Bricktown. And then next Monday, a week from tonight, play the Warriors again in Golden State this time. So then a little bit of a West Coast road trip. So stay tuned. We'll have you all covered for all those. Have you all covered with a, another group podcast on Sunday. We'll be kind of previewing the All-Star game. Um, we'll hopefully have the news by then of Shea participating in the All-Star game, as well as Giddy and Dub both participating in the weekend uh, as well, hopefully. And by that point, we'll hopefully be able to announce another fun shirt that we have coming up uh, in honor of All-Star Weekend. So stay tuned. Thank you all again for the support. And as always, Thunder Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.